Hello and welcome. I don't know about you, but I love to talk and talk I must with everybody, anybody, anywhere. Have you really stopped to talk? And I mean really talk with your family and friends. Do you know what their dreams are? Do you know what they are up to these days? Well, I'm chatting with my friends and people from all walks of life to discover what makes them tick. Join me as I uncover some truths and some stories. I'm Hira and you're listening to Crossleg with Hira Mehta. And I'm very happy that people are connecting to me and wanting to talk about the good work that they do and share their experiences with us and knowledge and it's most important that we uh, share our experiences and knowledge so someone can benefit out of it. So today I have with me Prachi Arshi. She's an author, a screenwriter and a seeker. Uh, Prachi, you are from a freedom fighters family and you have lived yeah. in many places and you've been exposed to a different cultures. So I want you to share a little about that part of your life. So that's the beginning of my life. So I'll uh, start from the beginning. I'll take you on a roller coaster ride journey with me and a uh, little sneak peek into my life. So from the very onset, I was exposed to a lot of, uh, you know, different kind of cultures and traditions and uh, uh, different regions of India. Like my husband, Jaipur, it happened to so that Rajasthani culture came so natural to me. My mom was from there. So then I lived in Ambala, which is in Haryana. So Haryanvi accent and all, you know, I I was witness to all those things, even though we never used to speak all such languages. But yeah, I have been a part of that culture. Now uh, I got married in Amritsar. So again, Punjabi and a different culture. And uh, and I got married to a Sardar. So the <laughs> Sikh religion also, you know came into my existence. And then I came to Bombay and uh, finally I'm settled over here. So uh, from the very beginning, you know, I've been exposed to a lot of uh, different kind of people and uh, cultural, culture, values, so many things. And my uh, two prominent people in my life happened to be contrast personalities. One was my Nanaji. He was a freedom fighter and uh, he was given that Tamaru Patrayal. He was very simple man, very simple and uh, very humble, you know, that kind of a person. And contrast to that was my uh, Baudi, my Dadaji. He was a businessman, totally Western, influenced by Western culture, cooked booted and all. So I've been exposed to, you know, extreme. So, yeah. And then uh, uh, my grandfather used to follow, you know, uh, they follow the Aryan Samaj culture. So we... I took for Hubble and, uh, you know, those shaloks and all became a part of our religion and we, we were made to do all those things. Every Sunday it was mandatory for all of us to be there for the Hubble. So that was there. Then uh, my mother, she used to uh, do those uh, Sanatan Dharam things, you know, Murti Puja and all those kind of things. So I was exposed to that also. Then later I was put in a convent school. So again, a different kind of I got into, you know, acquainted to Christianity over there. And then I follow Buddhism and then Sikhism, so many things. So I, you know, basically, uh, seeking became an integral part of my being. So I, and I'm, I'm very okay with it now. So I've, you know, transcended beyond religion and 
those boundaries that people generally get to get fixed there. So I'm happy so about that. So yeah. that's why the word speaker. Yeah, that's why the word speaker. <laughs> But I agree with you. You know, Prabhu. I agree with yeah. you because uh, you know, just like you, I've also been brought up in a in a Parsi family. My father was very, very open-minded. He allowed us to do whatever we wanted and explore anything. And so, uh, we we sisters ultimately chose people from not from our communities, and uh, we and Daddy never had a problem with that. You know. and so it's it's beautiful you know how the cultures uh, when you get like my daughter in law is also from a christian family and when the cultures mix together there is so much of uh, you know so much of joy and so much of learning you know i, I agree with you there's a lot of learning there's a lot of learning and uh, if we are uh, you know exposed to one culture we tend to ignore other cultures whereas every culture is unique and uh, you know very profound teachings are there so i think uh, we should you know as a human being we should try and uh, try and uh, gather information as much possible for other religion also then only we'll be able to respect them yes respect is most important we should allow everybody to do what they want to do and believe in what they want yeah. to believe in and then i think the world will be a happier place so yeah. coming back to your educational background what has your educational background been like uh i've been uh, you know again when i started studying i was not a very good student to be honest i was not very much into studies and i just wanted to grow up and get married you know like any other girl but uh, destiny had something else in mind so then i uh, started when uh, i took up commerce so when i commerce came in my life you know as a subject my mindset totally changed i instantly connected with it and then i got into detailing of those things and then i uh, did my bcom but unfortunately when i was doing my bcom in the final year i lost my mom and uh, yeah so her wish was you know she saw a lecturer in me so she wanted me to do do mcom and all those things so then at that time i i wasn't thinking of anything else but just studying so i finished my mcom i did masters and after that i cleared my UGC net exam, which is like, which makes me eligible to teach in colleges and universities. So I, by the time I was uh, in MCOM, I appeared in the last year only. So by the time I was not even twenty, twenty-one. I mean, somewhere in between, I cleared my lecturer exam, and I was, you know, right there in front of students, one eighty people sitting in front of me, and few of them were actually elder to me. So it was a different experience altogether. Uh, So Prachi like me you are also living a mom's dream you know they say that sometimes we uh, yeah so i uh, yeah even i am living my mom's dream i'm living as i always tell people i'm living two two lives you know one of my mom and one of myself because even i lost my mom to an accident unexpectedly and so all that she wanted to do in life i probably am it's an add on in my life you know so That's yeah nice. i can understand you are able to do that thing you know it gives some certain kind of peace to us that at least we have done that much you know? yes i agree with you i agree with you so coming to dealing with the students and the parents in your experience as an educationist must have been given you insights into what we call the generation gap okay so what according to you are the factors that contribute to this and what is the worst case scenario that they face if i were to ask you yeah see uh, my teaching career has been about 15 years if i and from if you see from a different perspective you know as a parent you're not able to see 
those things that you uh, but as a teacher i when i was teaching i saw there's a lot of gap you know even though it has uh, narrowed over the period of time because of sort of uh, advancement in technology and even parents are exposed to so many things nowadays they are inquisitive to know and there is this uh, openness about talk between children and parents still that gap is there and i think it is persistent you know because parents have their own uh, set of aspiration for kids and kids have their own mindset and nowadays the exposure is so much you know they are so distracted and they want to have their own way so that gap i think uh, even though it has narrowed but that it's going to stay forever and uh, only thing i feel is that today's children are very uh, you know very sensitive they are not that uh, they they cannot absorb anything this is want to give it back and they want instant uh, result which is not true life you need in life you need to be a little humble you need to have little you know patience for things to happen so a lot of people lot of students i see they are facing uh, stress and depression at some such young age which i feel is a little not asked for and not required also so they need to be guided by parents by teachers and uh, counselors and uh, i think one should ask for help if need be yeah but you know something uh, prachi uh, the one thing that i always feel very strongly about is that uh, because i'm a senior now and i feel that you know the one thing one mistake that we seniors should never do and that is parents should never do is you mm -hmm. know tell the children that in our times this is what it used to be and this is what it should be because you see even we have to understand that times have changed uh, children have evolved they are much more smarter than us they have got the internet exposure which we never had so i think we need to understand them well enough so that there is no generation gap you know and then i think we'll be on a safer ground you know yes, okay so after you got married life took a turn for you so what changed <laughs> everything i mean i would say everything changed in my life and uh, you know generally people get married to get settled in life you know you take that drastic call in your life finally you want to settle and i never felt that unsettled in my life ever before when i got married so initially we stayed in amritsar for some time and then my then i came to bombay since i uh, was born and brought up in a joint family so we had a big family and we used to hang around together and all but when i came to bombay there was nobody i had not a single acquaintance in the city and uh, my husband is a director so he used to go for his work for uh, you know uh, outdoors and all so i used to be all alone and i had no clue about the city no nobody to call up and you know say ki this is happening or get me this thing <laughs> so i had to work all the way to find my own way and uh, you know how it is in small towns everybody knows everybody you know and on a phone call ki aapka naam chalta hai you can just say okay do this thing for me and the thing is done here you have to actually literally do everything on your own and uh, another thing was this uh, in small towns we generally have to you know have a bigger house than what we had so i staying in an apartment was again a challenge for me i used to feel it was little cramped up little suffocated initially and um, i used to sit uh, the you know common area <laughs> my husband used to find it more strong with you <laughs> now i've got used to it but this is total contrast life 
Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it must have been a big change. It must yeah. have been a big change for you to come from a to come to a bustling city like Mumbai because yeah. it is yeah it is it is uh, overwhelming if you have not ever been to Mumbai. So yeah, but now I'm sure you're used to it as you said. So uh, I sorry. I said it's a beautiful city. I'm totally in love with Mumbai now. It's my Mumbai. Yes, yes, and I wouldn't want to stay anywhere else, no matter what. You know, yeah. I mean, I have fascination to uh, to for any other city. So you know, I I heard from you that you had two near death experiences. So yeah. uh, what was that about? So twice over, I was caught and sent back. <laughs> Maybe I had not done my job enough well, and uh, there were certain things left yet to be done. So I'm here to do those things now. <laughs> so it happened. Uh, one was just before i got married and i had gone to my in-laws place uh, for my wedding shopping and all and we happened to go to dalhousie and this this uh, you know hill station near uh, punjab so we were traveling and we were going and all the way it was hunky dory me my in-laws were there and i had met them after you know my engagement i just met them for the first time so i was not very open with them at that time so and being you know trying to be in the good good girl and all those things was there on my mind suddenly we were going and this uh, there was a construction time kind of thing going on on the road and we just uh, uh, hit those things and uh, the car started going in the valley and it was a steep you know it was a slow and we just kept on going 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 and i was like not equipped i wasn't even shouting at that time i just held the front seat and i said okay jo hoga dekha jayega you know that kind and um, then it went on and on and on and i i didn't even blink <laughs> just steadily looking at what's happening and what's going to happen and then at that point of time went quite deep inside and then we hit a boulder and the car flipped over and the glasses and everything windscreen broke and they literally dragged me out of it and uh, the villagers came and helped us you know come out and Fortunately, all of us were safe and we came back. So that was one incident. And the second was when my daughter, elder daughter, was one and a half year old. And then again, we had gone for a wedding in uh, Punjab. And uh, you know how it is in Punjab in winter; it is very cold over there. And we are not been staying in Bombay. You know, there's no winters as such. So gone to take bath, and they had the gas geyser over there. So I wasn't aware of it, and. Uh, I felt that there is something happening. Something is happening, yeah, and I couldn't shout out for any help. Nobody was there actually in my room, so I was just figuring out if there is something is happening. And I was curling my. I wanted a head bath and all, so I kept on and on. The geyser was on for quite some time, and I realized that I'm going to faint. And I came out in the dressing room and I fainted. It was chilled January uh, winters, and I was frozen for about half an hour. And no clue where I was, and they had to, you know, rush me to the hospital and all those things. And fortunately, I came back again. And in that moment, I called my husband, Papa, and he thought, "Yeah, I've left. I've lost my <laughs> memory or something." But I can understand. Not been kind of. You know, I yeah. survived two major incidents yeah. in my life. Yeah, you also reminded me of two major that I survived also by and this conversation. All similar, almost similar. In fact, yeah. uh, the first one is absolutely similar, and the second one was a rickshaw accident. So, 
Yeah. So uh, now tell me, when did you start writing? And tell me about your short film pep talk and about your book Second Chance. Okay. So uh, writing uh, is uh, actually, you know, it uh, it just happened. I had uh, I was working over here in Bombay. I was teaching in uh, colleges and schools over here. But then I took a sabbatical when I my second daughter was uh, you know born that time. So uh, and then I had no option of going back as such. We have a nuclear family, so I wanted to take care of my kids. And I was on hold. He let me see where you know either I want to join back or what. So in meantime, my husband opened this. Uh, we started. He founded uh, production house. So I started assisting in that. And side by side, I was you know steadily taking my coaching classes also. So both the things were on, and uh, I was still in a fix whether I want to, you know, go ahead with the writing thing or not. Since I was not writing independently, I was just assisting him, and I was a bounce board kind of, you know, for his uh, steps and all. But uh, in that time, <clears throat> I learned the craft part of it from him. So he was very—he's a taskmaster. He wouldn't let you go if you have not done your job well. <laughs> so uh, he made me learn those things. Which fortunately helped me in the long run. And uh, in 2019, it so happened that I wanted to write my. There was a story which I was working on, and I told him, "Yeah, I want to go ahead with it." So he encouraged me to write independently. So that was second chance. So second chance happens to be my first writing. So I show you. I talk about this first. So this is my book, Second Chance, and it's a novel. And this is my first writing work, but I had initially written it for a movie. So I have a bounce script ready for it, but then uh, I narrated it in 2019 December 30th. Okay, and I was very happy about it. In the leading production of the event, and uh, I narrated it, and everything was going smooth. But then in 2020, this COVID thing happened, and then everything went for a toss. And I was like, I my career hasn't even started, and it's already gone. <laughs> you know, I, I'm uh, little worried about you know, where I'm heading towards, and I wanted to be financially independent and. Ever since I have been a professional, so I couldn't, you know, that accept that thinking. Okay, maybe I have to surrender to being a housewife now. Even I was assisting my husband, but when you are working once, you have that mindset. Okay, I you want to be independent, you know. So uh, then this uh, idea of writing, converting the format came to my mind. He let me put this story in some other format and bring it out. So I worked in the COVID times. I was literally working day and night. You know, in the daytime we would do the. We had no help at that time, so we were. I was literally washing utensils and doing all the household chores and everything. And in the night, I would sit and write. And so I converted this into a novel, and uh, it's a story about uh, suicide survivor and uh, how she bounces back and comes up with a uh, system which helps other also to come out of that depression and uh, all those kind of, you know. Sadness that we face in our life. So, and this uh, is out now, and it's available throughout the world. I'm so happy people all over the world are sending good reviews about it. And one experiment I did in this was this. Uh, if you can see, I do it. It's not visible. There's author notes in it, which is written in bold, and it is an experimental thing which I added, even though my husband wasn't paying for it. <laughs> but then I went ahead with it. So a lot of people are liking that. I'm happy about it. And um, then next uh, was pep talk. Pep talk happens to be my second writing as an independent uh, writer, but came first. 
So you never know what's going to come first, what's going to you know, come, how it, things will fall in place. And uh, in the middle of second lockdown, I was totally feeling alone. I had not met my family. We had not gone to Amritsar or any outing. We were just locked in the house. And it was it's very, I'm kind of person, I just want to be out and about. You know, I just can't sit at one place also for a longer duration. So I wanted, I feel very lonely at that time. There was nobody I could even talk to or somebody. So in that time, I felt there will, must be so many people like me who are struggling to, you know, even though we have so many contacts, you know, thousands of contacts we have, we have Facebook friends, but there's not a single person who can just call and say, I'm not feeling okay, and this is what is happening. You know, we just can't do that. So I felt maybe like me, a lot of people must be struggling with this. And in that moment, that this positive thought changed my entire, you know, psyche. So I came up with this thing, that one positive thought in your life, or in that moment, can change the entire narrative. And that's how, so I pitched it to my husband. He said, you are a writer, you pitched it to me as uh, a writer, and I'm the director. <laughs> Let's see if I like it. I'll forward it to the actor. So fortunately, he liked it in the first book, and uh, so did the actors, and it came to life. It's available, you can have a look at it. Where is it available? Yeah, it's Where? available on Pocket Films. Pocket Films, uh, uh, on the YouTube channel of Pocket Films, and then on uh, Facebook. Then. Wonderful. But you never thought of acting yourself because you are mm-hmm. a very pretty girl. I can, I mean, I know that. So why did you not think of uh, acting? <laughs> not yet. Not uh, yet. No, no, no I'm not a... <laughs> no, I... See, I, first thing, we never wanted to work in the same profession. So I never asked my husband, even though my colleagues used to tell me, ma'am, what are you doing here? Go and work in some channel or, you know, a lot of my colleagues used to tell me because uh, when I came to Bombay, it was easier because my husband is a director. So they thought it comes very easy to me. But it wasn't like that. So even though I went for uh, Mrs. Gladrag uh, in 1980, uh, sorry, 2018, I went there and participated. And I came in the magazines also. Let's see. Acting is not my cup of tea. Never say no to anything, you know, because even I have been, I'm very fond of the entertainment industry. I worked throughout my life and I always wanted to be in the entertainment industry. So I am doing my best yeah. in whatever little I ways you can. So you should, you should always uh, keep all the doors open. You never know what what light will come into the door, you know. Yeah. So now you guys have gone through so much now. I have surrendered to it. Whatever God wants me to do, I'm open for it. Yes, yes. Experience everything in life because that is what it is all about, you know, the uh, experimenting and experiencing the new. So now tell me a little about your production house. What is it called and uh, what do you do there? So our production house is Flying Colors Entertainment. What? Flying Colors Entertainment. Okay. Flying Colors Entertainment is set up by my husband. And uh, we have done a lot of uh, ad films in that, and uh, you know, uh, personal interviews, and a lot of TVCs and promotional activities we've been doing. And I've been a producer on a few of them. Andre is basically a up close and personal with Shahrukh. I was producer on that. So that's my first in, uh, you know, as a producer in, in the industry. Although now I'm a screenwriter and author, and I'm happy being that. 
What is it that uh, keeps you motivated or mo makes you uh, makes you who you are today? Yeah. So um, my, you know, as a child, I was very shy. I was rather complex, I you can call me. But now, if you see me, I'm a contrast personality at home. Uh, you know, why? Because I've been working on myself, constantly working on myself. I there's a this thing I do, thought analysis. It's called strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Okay. So time and again, I analyze myself, where do I stand? And I try to improvise, you know, I want to be a best version of myself and I want to bring best version of my work. So for that, whatever I have to do, I keep on, even if I, it comes to, you know, sometimes I'm so tired, I'll say, okay, I can do it tomorrow. There's no procrastination. I have to do it now means I have to do it now. I'm like that kind of a person. So that keeps so me that's, going on the time. That's brilliant. That's really brilliant, you know, because, uh, you know, to keep working on yourself and bettering yourself and accepting that there needs to be something to be changed or something to be added on is, I think, a strength. And it's something that all of us should develop, you know. It is difficult yeah. to accept that you have flaws in yourself. But the moment you realize that, then you can work on it. You know, it is only a struggle till the time you realize, okay, okay, you can also have flaws. You don't have anyone, uh, you don't have to look for anyone to find it out because people are there to find out anyways. <laughs> so you just find out, figure out and just work on it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So if you, yeah, so as a writer, what would be, you be your advice to some aspiring writer? What would you tell them? See, uh, as a writer, we generally, one, we are doubtful about our thought process, whether we are selecting the correct thing, the idea is correct, are we on the correct line. One, I would say if you if you have an idea, just put it on paper. You know, in whatever form it comes. Don't think about the speaking good. Don't have a critical view to it. Just put it on on paper. Let the seed flourish. Let's see how it goes. You know, give it time and it will mature in whatever way. And put it on paper, first thing to do. And second, I would say uh, that patience needs to be there. You know, you, the whole story will not come to you at one point only. It takes time, live with the characters, try to understand the characters. If your characters are profound, if your characters have some, you know, you, you should know each and everything about your characters. I think it applies to you also. You should know each and everything about yourself. Then only you can work on the characters. Because if you're struggling with yourself, you cannot put you know, you cannot see the other side of the character. So one is, I think, uh, writing it down. And writing is rewriting, as they say. It is true. I don't know how many drafts I must have written for second chance, step talk, or whatever I'm working on. It's just a rewriting book. And it polishes. When you look back, initially you're struggling with it. That's also true. You're struggling because you're doing so much of work, and then there's something, some question, or some polishing needs to be done. So fine-tuning it keeps happening to the last time. But do you believe in, uh, do you believe in uh, brainstorming with another person when you're um, writing? Yeah, we as um, uh, husband wife, we work together, but we are more like professionals when we are working together. So we share ideas, we also try to incorporate if there is anything which appeals, you know, so we are not having that kind of ego problem see okay no I have thought of it this way so it has to happen that way no it cannot be if there is an idea you you might not agree at that time 
you know sometimes initially you might feel ki okay he has a role kind of uh, maturity or my i'm having a different kind of sensibility or i have my own experiences so that's okay so you live with it live just absorb that thing stay with it and see how it goes because initially you might feel ki okay you, whatever you have said is you know the be and all of it but it is not always like that yes sada so, perspective should be taken care of yeah i agree with you i agree with you because i have seen many uh, people who uh, do not want to uh, you know take inputs and at the yeah. end of it the end product uh, is is like a you know it's something that they are very feel very strongly about but the people who are seeing it will find uh, you know kinks in it and they will say oh this you know i wish it had been better i told you this should not have been done you know because see end of the day yeah. you're making a product for the viewer it's not exactly. self indulgence it's not self indulgence it's not yourself yes if you're making it's yourself not. happy then you can write as much and just keep it for yourself if you're writing <clears throat> if you're looking for some audience then you have to see the perspective which they might also you know like to have or something that can relate to them i always believe in stories which are more relatable and real than rather than you know fairy tale drama all the time that's true Well and emotionally, well. I think if you're connected to your subject, then audience will also automatically connect to it. If it is just yes, a superficial level, it will stay that way only. Yes, because you have to, you have to actually feel your characters, and when you feel your characters, then the opposite person will see the characters. You know, you have uh, to yeah, put I your think. heart and soul into it. You know, literally, a part of you forever remains in that, and then that's, that's how it works. I think. I agree with you. I, I agree with you totally. Okay. So- <laughs> What a lovely conversation, Prachi! Thank you so much for talking to me and sharing so much of um, things. Is there anything you'd like to say before I say thank you again to you? Thank you to you for having me on the show. It was lovely talking to you, and it's uh, such a nice thing that we connected. So I mean, we haven't met. we have met once, but maybe we can meet more often and uh, do some things together and work on some projects also, maybe. So let's see how it goes. I really enjoy talking to you. I really yeah. enjoy talking. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to talk to me about your life, I'm waiting. Connect with me on heeramehta13 at gmail dot com. And until next time, namaste.